I mean, everybody has. Well, you know the Medrash. You know the Medrash. But that's going to take half an hour? No. In um, Pirkei Rebeliezer, right? Written 2,000 years ago by Rebeliezer Hagolo, Rebeliezer Huknus, in Perik Lamed, at the end, it says the following, that the Achras Hayomen, it says clearly, Achras Hayomen, I once I said this a long time ago. Be achras hayomim in the end of days, osad yishmuel, yishmuel is conduct. Okay, many things. But one of the things it says is that they will conduct three acts of terrorism against the world. It's called muhuma, uh, uh, acts of muhuma, uh, terror, whatever against the world. <coughs> okay. One of them is against the uh, farce of uh, of Arabia, I think, which you can interpret as the, I took as the oil wells in Kuwait when they had the war there. You know, that's all the trees, like the farce of oil wells in Kuwait, all burning, if you remember. But the main thing is the last one is that Yeshua will conduct a, an act against the great city of Rome. That's what it says. Now, who's Rome? America. America. And who is the great, the great city of America? New York. And the act of Muhammad that I feel it's referred to is the World Trade Center. And then it says, that's what I interpret, right? America, New York is the gates to America. And New York is the greatest city probably in the world. Certainly America, right? And they will conduct a tremendous act of terror, terror against the great city of Rome, which is, like I say, America, New York City, and I, my feeling that was the World Trade Center destruction. Then it says, and afterwards, okay, Mikan Misham Yitzmach Ben David. Ben David will sprout. And whenever it says Yitzmach, it refers to Mashiach Ben Yosef, not Mashiach Ben David. So Mashiach Ben Yosef will sprout, and it says, and he will watch as each one destroys each other. Yishmael destroys Edom, and Edom destroys Yishmael. Usually when the two that is the clash of civilization. And it then says, when we show him from there, he will go to Eretz Yisrael. Interesting. So we learn from there that there will be a tremendous... And that also is repeated in the Malbim in Sefer Vayoyal. Yeah, at the end. The last four... This is not Gogamogu, is it? No, 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 this is not Gogamogu, which is interesting. Over there in the Malbim talks about it, is the great clash of civilizations between Yishmael and Edom, each one will destroy each other. And the Mashiach ben Yosef will watch, and then from there will go to Eretz Yisrael, and that will be, you know, and so on. So what we're really looking at is the greatest of classic civilizations between Yishmael, between the Arabs, and, um, between the Arabs, between Islam, and, um, and Edom. So the Medrash talks about it, and Yishmael, the Pasuk talks about it, you know, and the Malvin interprets this as the great clash of civilizations. And we are watching that now, you know. Everything is building up, and so on, you know. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, I think I once said this, why was there a World Trade Center? What Osama bin Laden did was absolutely idiotic. You want to take over Edward, you want to take over America, and so on. You don't this, do this. He wasn't in a position to fight America. America went and they destroyed a great deal of the, uh, what do you call, Cajun song. 
What he should have done is bide his time. Instead, he had to go and bomb the World Trade Center, you see. So what that did is that alerted the world to Islam. All of a sudden, the world said, wait a minute. They've been sleeping the whole time. And all of a sudden, they realized, what, what, what is this? You know, Al-Qaeda, Islam, it alerted them. So what he succeeded in doing is alerting the world to Al-Qaeda, to the whole Islamic um, culture. You see. The same thing with what's-his-name in World War II. You know, there was a big machloitas in Japanese. Should we bomb Pearl Harbor or not? Because they were taking over the Pacific, you know. So they voted to bomb Pearl Harbor, which meant you'd bring America into the war. So Yamamoto, was the Yamamoto? I think so. He was, a naval, he was the head of the Navy of Japan. He said a famous statement. He said, I only fear that we have awakened a sleeping giant, America, and filled it with a terrible resolve which is to get us. Because if you think about it, they're a bunch of idiots, the Japanese. As it is, there was no, nobody could go against them. They were taking over China, you know, and, and so on. Nanjing, oh, they did this guys, incredible. And Nanjing, and they were taking over the whole South Pacific, you know. Okinawa, you know, uh, what do you call it, the, the Marianas. They were island hopping one after the other. Nobody was going to stop them. So what are you bombing America for? Take over the whole Pacific. Because America wasn't doing a thing. And they would take over America. So what they did is they bombed Pearl Harbor, right? And all, that, all of a sudden America woke up. And of course the massive machinery, the war machinery of America went into effect. And of course, because that was Rabbanisham. He made sure they would make a terrible mistake and bring America into the war. Because if it wasn't for America, Europe was finished. So Hitler, Yom Shemar Lane, really made a great mistake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Europe was finished. I mean, uh, you know, in Dunkirk, uh, you know, the British were lucky that they got the 5,000 soldiers or something like that of Dunkirk. They would have been finished. They were, the, the RAF, it, they were, Britain was two weeks away from being totally destroyed, you know, and, and so on, you know. So Europe was finished. So the only one who could counter Hitler was America, you know. But without that, America was sleeping, you know. Was, you know? So Russia made sure that they would be awake. And therefore, America came into the war. They just celebrated the what, 70, 70th anniversary of D-Day. Friday, I think, was, you know, you know what I'm saying? 1944, Takawao. Wow. And uh, so that's what saved the world. So you see, what the Russian did now was he made sure that the uh, Muslims, Arabs, would attack well, the World Trade Center. Russia wasn't succeeding without America? What? Russia wasn't succeeding without America? No, Russia was on the run. Russia was dying. He was killing everybody. That's not what they told us. That's not I what they told you. I don't mind. But <laughs> Who told you? Brezhnev. Who told you? Andropov. Brezhnev. Who was the great teacher? That no, taught you? I said, Russia never lost. What do you mean? No, I, I want to tell you something. America helped a little, you know. Well, thank you very much. But, yeah. yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I want to tell you that one thing, one thing about Russian education. Whatever they teach you is the exact opposite of what happened. <laughs> you can be sure in Russian education. You know? <coughs> Without America, World War II, that's it. Hitler, we, 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 there would be no Jews left. And everybody in the United States would be talking German. They had the greatest army of all. Unbelievable, these Germans. What they had. What a blitzkrieg. Incredible what these guys could do. Because Germans are tremendous technologically. Tremendous. They make precision instruments. These guys, you know, when they do something, It's with perfection. That's what Punkt he's got. Punktlach. What? Punktlach. 
Puntlach, yes. Yeah, even they designed the concentration camp, never. They did such a great job, they killed uh, yeah, 10,000, million people out of Punas. You know. oh. But anyway, so the Russians made sure that they would attack the World Trade Center to wake up the world, what's going on against Islam. Now the whole world realized that all terrorism today is Islamic. All of it. So that's why the EU, the parliament, has one third of parliament, EU parliament, who are all rightist, all left wing. It's amazing, they're all scared, you know. But they don't realize, because they're destroying Europe. They're allowing the Muslims to take over everywhere. Not going to anybody stay in a country like that, you know. It's unbelievable. Anyway. That's what we're looking forward to. The clash of civilizations. But within that clash, like I said, <coughs> I believe Amer uh, Israel will be able to evict all the Arabs. Because I believe they will join the war with Islam against Israel. And I believe in that war, that's what's going to happen. And obviously that's what's happening. Look, he's already, uh, Abbas is already joining with Hamas. You already see the whole thing falling apart and all that, you know. Anyway. Okay. <coughs> So we're up to Gimel, Peregimel, uh, uh, Sif Gimel. Right, that Peregimel, Sif Yeah. So he says here that the Bansham has given a boundary or a time limit to the time of Ishtadlus. Ishtadlus means the actual Avrido itself. He has given a time limit to the Avrido. He has given a specific time limit to work towards Shlemus. It's not an up open ended kind of thing which goes on forever. What's the alternative? The alternative would be open ended. You mean you have to acquire every single step of the way? Well, he, it would just be endless. So, what he has done is given a time limit. What, what it really means is an interesting con I mean, not really. It, one, one of the interesting ideas here is <clears throat> when it says that the Bunshim was Merachem, yes, in the beginning it says the Bunshim created the world through Din. What is Din? Din is cause and effect. If you do A, you get B. You don't do A, you don't get B. That's what Din is, you know. In other words, you need to cause whatever happens. You know what I'm saying? That's the concept of Din. So what the Russian really wanted to do is create a cause and effect in a strict sense. That all consequences must be proportionate. Not only it must be caused, but it has to be proportionate to the cause. It means A will create B, C will create D, and so on. You know. But the Russian realized it's not going to work that way. If he gives, if you need to cause every single deta detail of the tikkun. People are not going to do it, you see. So what the Bansham did is he changed why, why the label. Why would they do it? Because that's what... Too, what, too much, too much to do? Too much, yeah. Too much, yeah. Yeah. So what he did is he... So normally, well, no, no, normally most people learn that the Bansham now combined Rachmem with Din. We learned that, you know, from the Pasuk. Because in the beginning it says, Rukim. Then starting Peret Beis in the Chomash, it says, Hashem Rukim. Which means that, like Rashi says, you know, he saw that the world will not continue with Din, which means strict justice. So therefore, he has to uh, 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 combine it with mercy. 
Now normally we learn that the, what is mercy? Mercy, one we learn, is the suspension of justice. Which means if you do A, B should happen. What does, that's, that's then. But what the Barsham did is that if you do A, B does not happen. B is suspended. That's what happens. B is actually suspended. It doesn't happen. And the Barsham waits for tshuva or whatever. But he waits. So therefore, it allows a person not to be punished, rather, rather be, be compensated immediately. But eventually B will happen, will happen anyway. It could, yes, if form. nothing is done. Uh-huh. But there's a suspension of justice. That's what Brahmanus really means, usually. Compassion, you know. In other words, so automatically that's a deviation from Din. Din, what does justice say? If you do Act A, Act B happens totally and immediately. That's what justice is. You know, all physical laws is really Din. If a guy jumps off the roof, is there a suspension of physical law, gravity? No, gravity doesn't say, you know, we'll think about it. The full measure of jumping off the roof immediately, and in full measure, you go down. There's no, you know, that's it. That's justice, both immediate and total. So therefore, normally we would say that the Russian created the world within because he wants man to be the total cause not a relative cause, but a total cause of everything, you see. But he realized, if the consequence of your acts are, is immediate and total, this world is not going to last at all. Because people are going to sin left and right. So what the Barashim did is he created the concept called Rachman, which is a suspension of justice. Which means that even though you did A, B is not going to happen. Not right away. And not only will not happen right away, it may not even happen... Right? Totally. You see? Let's say even if a person has to be punished, whatever, so a little of it will be done. Maybe he'll wake up. And then the next year, something else can be done. Uh, so the Roshim holds cheshpen. You know? It's like the cheto egel. What the Roshim says, every time I visit upon them punishment, I will add a little from the cheto egel also. You see? Because if he was going to do it, the cheto egel would destroy Klai Yisrael. If it would be absolute justice. So normally that's how we learn justice. It's not absolute, it is basically tempered. But Rahmanis really has another meaning also. And that's what you see from here. What is the other meaning of Rahmanis? Again, all Rahmanis is always a deviation of din. It always talks about deviations from the strict concept of justice. So normally what the Barisham could have done is the Bria needs a certain amount of Tikkun, and you have to do all of it. What the Rasham did is interesting. He said, I'm not going to do that, because man cannot take forever to do this. What I'm going to do is this. You do A, and automatically, B, C, D, E, F, G has a Tikkun. Far more than A. You see. So it comes out that if a Jew does one mitzvah, right, he can suck an enormous amount. You know, it's, it's disproportionate. Like high, high tech. You press a button and so many things happen. Yeah. If you want to use that analogy, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's an incredible Rahmanist. means I don't have to do A, B, or I don't have to do A, I don't have to do the cause of A or everything. No. You do one, 
And there's a tikkun, an inordinate amount of tikkun that happens. And that's a tremendous chesed to people. You did it from the very beginning? Or later? From the beginning, yeah, from the beginning, yeah. Uh, so therefore the tikkun, we don't have to do the whole tikkun. We just have to do a certain percentage. And then automatically the rest will follow. This is the way he made it, and that's also the concept of Rachman. He deviated with Din. You know, what's, you know what I'm saying? Instead of one act really following one detail, another act following another detail, or rather detail <coughs> following another act. No. You do one act, 5% is gone. Another act, another 5%. You see? So therefore it's possible for somebody in one lifetime to do this incredible amount of tikkun. And that's also why it's Rachmanus for people don't do much mitzvahs. It is possible for somebody to do one or two mitzvahs only, and there will be an enormous amount of tikkun that this person did, and therefore he will have a share in oil mahabbah. See the Rachmanus. What? The, the, um, the, 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 the whole concept of din was enacted for a certain purpose. Namdik Sufi. Let's say Namdik Sufi. Yes. Now you're watering it down with Rachmanim, then... Well, Rachman is watering down. Yeah, well, you, why is it... I understand says, that. But at the end of the day, the, how is the Namana Kisufa satisfied? Because ultimately you have to ask yourself a question. Altogether by now. By the way, just before I forget, why is it the Rosham is Madadik Kachut Sadikam? By Tzadik, you know, hey, you move once, and the Rosham moves exactly... That's the ideal. Because they don't want Namana Kisufa on anything. That's what Yaakov said. That Yaakov said, um, he wanted to be. Yaakov? That, 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 he wanted to be. be by order? Um, yeah, Yaakov. He said, he said when, when he left um, Har Maria, he said, Kim yeah, Madi, right, he wanted to be done. Well, okay, whatever. But anyway, because Atzadik wants to. In other words, give me what I deserve. Don't give me any more. And so they want absolute justice. So the Barsham says, fine, I will be medactic with Kuchuta Sarah. You know, a hair's... So there is, so I, don't, there is I don't even give you a room for a hair's breadth of deviation. So there is a difference between... They don't want, they don't want shame. They want to have earned everything. But that's, that's what Sadiqam, you know. Right. Because they don't do too much sinning, obviously. If they did, they'd probably change their tune. I would imagine so. So, so there is they have so much to go and who could tolerate this, you know? So there is a difference in the, let's either the degree or the, anyway. or the, or the amount of Namadik Yusufa that's, that's... Oh, so I was going to tell you this. Because think about <coughs> it. Yes, think about this, okay? You cause. What do you really cause? You don't cause the reward. You can't create the reward. You don't have the wherewithal. <coughs> you cannot create, you cannot control existence. You cannot bring into existence a reward how can you? Elamad, the who does give it to you? God. The Roshan, who gives it the reward, right? So, Namnik Sufa, what about shame? It's true, I caused, but you know, I didn't cause the reward. I can't reward myself. I cannot create the experience in Ilam Haba. Only God can. So, now how am I causing that? The only thing I could do is cause the opportunity for God to give me the reward. That I have to do. And only because he created the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So the, whole thing so is the truth is, uh, Namik Sufa, you cannot really remove Namik Sufa totally. The problem the is, oh, so the problem is this, you know, it's like they say, you know, whoever didn't wear film his whole life, you know, is a bad news, you know, so at least wear film one day, 
So you're not called somebody who never so. Yeah. Yeah. So what you really want to escape is nothing to do with the reward. That's now Mitsufa. You know what I'm saying? Words, if you were nothing you had nothing, you were not a cause in any which way possible. You see, that's what you want to escape. We see that there then are you have shame. But what happens if you're nominic what happens if you were a cause, even an iota? So you could say, I cause something. You see? I said we still see anyway. the degrees because the tzaddik did X, Y, and Z as much then as humanly possible, whereas, whereas, whereas this, this uh, Amon Am did it... Fine. But in the end, of course you can have Namdik Sufa. Really? Because you can't create the reward that you get, like I said. And the reward is infinite. It goes on for infinity. You know what? You know how much reward that is? You know how much stuff you didn't create? Or you didn't make? You're talking about the Ulim Habwa, remember what I said? Infinite bliss eternally? That's what you get in Ulim Habwa. Infinite bliss eternally <coughs> means every time, all the time in Oedem Haba, whatever that is, is infinite bliss. So how in the world can you possibly have created that? You can't. You see, so the, the, the concept of Namik Sufa, what it seems to be ultimately, is you want to ga- get away from the fact that you did nothing. But it's better, than, the further you get from that, the better. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's much yeah. better to put on phone five days than to put on one day. Exactly, yeah. Because you could say, you know, I, you know, but it's more than that. Because the more you did, the more the reward. You see. So that whole concept is Rachmanus. You see, how is it possible a guy lives seventy years, and let's do assume he does one million mitzvahs? How can that explain an infinite reward eternally? It's absurd. Doesn't make sense. Uh, there is such a disproportion in what you've caused, you see, that how could that possibly be did? So therefore, in the beginning, the Russians wanted that. Because <coughs> that's what then is. It's an absolute accounting for everything you did. But the Russian realized man will not do this. So what the Russian did is he created a small area of tikkun. The Jews have to do this tikkun. It's a small area. And then when that's done within the 6,000 years, then the Barshim will then do the Tikkun a million times more. You see, that's the way it works. And that's all part of Rachmanus. You see, and therefore the Hishtadlis has a boundary. That's why there is a boundary. You see, I mean, because if, if we would have to do the whole Tikkun, you know, it takes billions of years. Is that also what it means? Imagine I have to make a living for a billion years. <laughs> You know? What that means? Ratzah Hashem Lezakas Yisrael. You made the. What's that? Ratzah Hashem Lezakas Yisrael. It's also Rav because somewhere he's going to hit a mitzvah. Well, that can be interpreted. Why hear Bura Mitzvah? Yeah, exactly. Because Venus V, as they say, whatever, you know, he's. Get, I mean, unless the guy's, unless the guy's an absolute. You know, unless he, unless he's a total rebel, he's got to do one mitzvah in his life. You know, if you increase the areas that he could do a mitzvah, then the probability is he's going to have to hit at least one. It's like a shotgun. You know, you know, if you have a single bullet and there's a target, 
well, what's the probability you'll, you know, unless you're gonna, you know, you're gonna hit the target? Small, if you're not such a great shot. But if you take a shotgun, there's gotta be one pellet that's gonna hit the target. Same thing. We are, we are, we're in shotgun mode. That's what it is. So we have 630 commandments, and if you do one of them, you can do an enormous amount of tikkun. Yes, that's true. Yesh kanye lomay b'sho'achas? Yesh kanye lomay b'sho'achas is what? Is, um, in a certain sense, yeah. yeah. You hit your target. You hit your target, <coughs> but you can be kind a whole oilam in one second means one mitzvah. Wow. That's unbelievable. You couldn't do that if there was real din. You know what I'm saying? If it was real din, how could you be kind a whole world with one, one thing? Even if you did tshuva, you know? So the idea is that there's a disproportion here. But still, there's no, that's part of Rachmanus. There's no comparison between the guy who, who deserved it this way and the guy who was doing it his whole life. So there's no comparison. Of course, obviously, that one is greater. Yeah, yeah. The question is in what way is it greater, really? Is it greater in rate? Or is it greater in, you know... Because everybody, it seems to be everybody starts off in the same... Everybody starts off at a certain baseline. And then there's a, a then whatever the reward is, right? And then the reward begins to come down because Oilam Habba isn't static, it's growth. Every nanosecond, you're in a different position than you were in the previous nanosecond. And you can't even master the next nanosecond. It was a, it's a qualitative distinction. The, 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 the reward is qualitatively distinct. That means from not one second to the next second, you can't even imagine what the reward is. I mean, yeah, so how do, how do you compare then? Everybody grows. How do you compare then? Oh, so maybe the so, growth rate so, or something like oh, that. So it's either the growth rate, A, like this one or, it's, or it's different hasodis. But what it seems <coughs> to be is neither the growth rate nor hasodis. What it's the baseline. Everybody starts, let's say one guy who did very few mitzvahs, so he starts from baseline two. So he's always and then he grows. He's always ahead. No, 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 that's the lowest part, no good. He gets two degrees of reward, then he grows. But at Sadiq, right, since he did so much more, he starts it off at baseline 50. So he's way ahead of this guy, so he'll be eternally ahead. <coughs> now, you may say, well, what's the difference? But growth rate is the same, so what's the difference? Oh, because eventually this guy will also get to 50, right. if it's the same amount of reward. Just a little earlier. Just a little earlier. But I want to tell you something, that earlier makes all the difference. You know, if, if you were enjoying a pleasure, you know, and you understood that what the other, even though you eventually get to it, <coughs> the other guy was going crazy with his pleasure. You say, I don't want this, I want that. Is there, is there any indication in Hazal or maybe in Ari that this is the case? I mean, uh, that's what it seems to be, yeah, yeah. In other words, the, the Hasogas are the same, <coughs> you know, and the rate seems to be the same. It's the baseline that you start with. You know, so eventually everybody gets there, so to speak. But the difference is, you know, you can get there like you know, this guy started off with a with eleven and ninety eight, and he's going absolutely bananas. And the other guy starts off at two. You know, he looks at the guy going bananas and says, "What what's what's your problem? Like like what 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 are you experience that I don't know about?" So the guy will turn to him and say, "Wait, take it to me," you know, and so on, you know. And that seems to be an incredible difference. But that's eternally. He will always be 98 points ahead of the other guy. So apparently that's like an enormous difference. Well, 
you know? Anyway. So anyway, so that's why there's a Zman. There's a Zman, you know, like I said. That's Rachamim. That's Rachamim, yeah. You know, there's a Shtadus, because we could do the Tikkun, whatever's given to us, we could do in 6,000 years. You see? If not, it would have taken, it to, you know, 100 billion years to do the Tikkun, and so on, you know? So that's a tremendous no, matter. Right. It should be eternal, really, because what? in order to get eternal reward, the, you have to work eternal reward. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, that, not just, it's not in the billion years. Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, whatever, yeah. But, you know, it, so the whole concept of disproportion is within the concept <coughs> of a deviation of din. It's in the concept of Korachna. But here's talking about the individual, right? Yeah. You're not talking about the nation as a whole. No, the, the nation different. as a whole. And shameless. Shameless is an individual shameless, no? Yeah, but remember, in reality, all Jews are really one in Shema. Except we look like we're separate. But the, 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 the concept of the Jews really, we're all in the of one in Shema. Mm. So in reality, it's shameless is for everybody. You know? But anyway, so that's what he means. They established that there should be a gvul. And when you finally do finish, right? He will be able to enjoy for all eternity. It's really something incredible. So that's the concept of boundary of the work time. Okay. Okay. <coughs> Therefore, there has to be clearly two periods of time. One is this mana One is a time to work, to do the effort, to spend the effort, right? And the other is kibulscha. There has to be two time periods, and therefore two places. One is a place. One is a time period called oilim hazeh that has its environment, which is Hester. That's really what has to be in Oyelim There has to be a situation of Hester, for obvious reasons. Because if you were immediately rewarded, you'd never sin again, you know, and so on. So therefore, Oyelim fundamentally is a place of tremendous Hester, right? And the second thing is a place of what's called tremendous Ha'ora, enlightenment, reward. So there has to be two different places, <coughs> and as a result of that, that there has to be two different environments, and, and so on. But what he says, that the midas of toiv is infinitely more than the midah of uh, the avoda. <coughs> <coughs> For the obvious reason, that the avoda is, is the yeshlos man hukah, that has a, a specific designated time. That's the avoda. You know, but the kibbutz cha ain't no has no end. But forever, misane b'holech be'ashlemus hashekon aloi. The concept of reward in ilum habo is infinite, which is itself is incredible. You know, imagine a place where you will be infinitely there. <coughs> There's no time. So after the passage of a hundred billion earth years. It's like a nanosecond compared to what's left. It just go on and on, like there's no end. It's funny, what the Russian could have done is he could have equated it. and said, okay, 
you did A, all you get is 100 years of the Mahapo. Imagine that. It still would have been incredible. You know? And after 100 years? You're not gone. You're an island. You cease to exist. No. But imagine he could have done that. Why do you have to make it infinite for? So what happens is yeah, but I'm just saying, if you think about it, the Boshima had options. You know, we all think it's forever. Yeah, but that was an option. Not that the Boshima chose it. But the option was what? You did, you lived 80 years. You did the Advaita for 80 years. Okay, I'll be nice to you. I'll give you a thousand years worth of Vaidu Mahabha. It's Vaidu Mahabha. I mean, it's a, it's a total disproportion of experience in Vaidu Mahabha. There's only Mahazir. You only get a thousand years would be, I mean, we, you know, that would be an unbelievable gift. Well, that's not our Tava. First of all, it's ten times the lifespan, right? And not only that, it's almost infinite, the experiencing is almost infinite. You hear the word? Yes? So, there is so why is it Neitzach Nitzachem? You know, wh Rachman. why is that? Rachman. Who? Rachman. No, something beyond that. You wouldn't be happy to disappear. Something beyond that, I think. Must be. Uh, we have a chelik. But you hear the option. You hear the option. Nice, you're still going to be depressed. What? Nice, you're still going to be depressed. Yes. Yeah, you'll be depressed. Yeah, but, you know. Nice, you're going to be but let's just, yeah, it's true, but let's say Russian doesn't tell you. You know, you should pop out of existence. No, so he gives you billions of He's not going to depress you. Because <laughs> then you'll be thinking about the thousand years, it's over, I'm out. <laughs> what? Vacation's over. over. You don't want to think about that. But I want to tell you something. Think about it now. We all know we're going to end. We all know that the ground is waiting for us with open arms. And we're pretty happy. Sometimes a close arm, right? Is anybody here worried about dying? No. No? We all think we're going to live forever. Right? So obviously, it doesn't bother us, even though we're all mortal. We all know we're going to visit the other side. I mean, at a certain age, it starts That's bothering us. You know, instead of calling it death, call it the other oh, side. Okay. Nicer, you know? <laughs> so how come nobody's depressed? Yeah, everybody's smiling. <laughs> right? So the truth is... <coughs> A thousand years, you know, even if you know about it, they're going to be depressed. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Look, we have, we really, ultimately, in order to survive, we need to deny our mortality. Yeah. Or else, how could you survive? We don't know, you know, you know, and so on. But I, I believe this. I believe this. Whatever reason why you made Kala so for that problem, that is, in this case, a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that Tava is complete. That Tava is not only infinite reward, but infinite reward eternally. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's all part of that Tava. But I, I think also there's another concept. Because what really is the experience in Oedem Hambo? I once mentioned it. Remember what I said? Madrakis is an attachment state. But what is, when you're attached to a Muslim, what are you really experiencing? Existence. Who? Existence. Existence, yeah. So it would be odd. How can you feel more and more existence and then pop out after a thousand years? You hear what? 
What do you really feel, Olam Haba? I, I, uh, Olam Haba is really a feeling of existence. And I once mentioned to you existence that existence where? has no degrees. You either is or you ain't. There's no such thing as more existence. There's more time to exist. But you can't exist more. You is. You are. Or you are not. As spoken in the colloquial, he be. Or he be not. Right? But you can't be more. But in Oyam Habba, apparently, you exist more. Because the essence of the Bhagavad is existence to us. Bhagavad <coughs> doesn't have existence. He is existence. He's the quality of being. So therefore, if I'm dovak at him and I'm attached to him, what am I feeling? Existence. More and more and more. So, it's, it, if, 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 how can you be getting more and more of being and then terminate after a thousand years? Something here that doesn't make sense. You know, so I believe that wrapped up in eternity, eternity is the existence that a person experiences more and more, and apparently that goes on forever. Existence itself goes on I mean, forever. We, we can imagine more, getting more and more money till one hundred twenty. I mean, more, the more the better, but it's not such a contradiction, really. The, the what? We we can we we can imagine more and more money. And money all till 120 right yeah more and more and more so more existence also till a certain point it's not a contradiction I mean just better quality more more quantity more quality yeah I'm not saying it's such a contradiction really no I'm, yeah <coughs> true I'm not saying it's definitive it's definitely you know but I'm just saying based on the nature of what happens it seems to be a, a some type of a um, sort of like a uh, conflict how can I exist more and more and more and they just out of existence. There's something that doesn't make sense about that. Even though it's possible, a guy can finally say, wow, I really am, and he's gone. There's something rather strange about that. To have achieved more existence and then all of a sudden he disappears from existence. Like, you know, what kind of a, you know, it's, it's, it seems cruel. It's like cruelty almost, you know. He's like, I finally <coughs> made it to the top of the mountain and he vanishes. <laughs> It seems to be an element of cruelty, axorious, yeah. It's just, you know, although it's, it could happen theoretically, you know, but if that's the nature of Ilum Habo, this great existence, it somehow seems to be contrary to non existence. Anyway, but isn't that's, Olam, what, that's my take. Isn't Ilum Habo beyond time anyway? I mean, we are trying to measure uh, time. But yeah. It's nothing yeah. with time altogether. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, we're, we're not really comparing fairly. He's asking. Yes. Yeah. Don't think what is existence in a ruchistic yeah. Well, what's the difference really if Oyelim is within time or without time? It's just time goes on forever. What, 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 if you, what's the difference if you exist no, I mean, in no time? time means we can't even say eternity. There's no time. It's just, there's no forever. Forever is time. No, so what, <coughs> what would be the, the difference in experience whether you existed in time, but it's forever? I mean, or... Yeah. You don't exist in time at all, whatever that means. I've never existed without time. I don't know what it means. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know how know. it feels. Russia, they didn't teach you. You know what you're missing. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, you know, as far as we're concerned, what's the difference if we're in or out? The main thing is you go on forever. What whatever. What is existence? What is existence? 
existence. Yeah, but even Malachim are terminated. So what? Everybody's terminated. You have Malachim that cease to be. You know? You have Malachim that cease to be. But we are Chelek right? Yeah. So how could we cease to be? Because it's a Nivra. Even a Chelek Lekamimah is a Nivra. That's a created concept. If it was created, it could be discreated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to break your bubble. <laughs> but it's a created concept. It's not, we don't really chen it l'kanimal. The Russian made the shechina. We're really chen it l'kanim from the shechina. Not from Atzmusai. But the Nishama is that. Is what? The Nishama was not created. The was created. It was also created? Sure. Yeah. The real question you have to ask when you when you're up there, you talk about that, is what coexists with God? Anything? If something coexists with Him, that doesn't have to be created, right? And if it doesn't coexist, it needs to be created. So what coexists with God? Nothing. Nothing. Only He Himself. I mean, what? Only Himself. I mean. Yeah, but He, you know, nothing exists with Him. Neither language, <coughs> concepts, objects, nothing. Even language doesn't exist. Even the word God is doesn't exist with him. It's a created entity. Language concepts are created. So there's no way to, uh, to understand anything about God because there's nothing that's, I can, like the Bonshim says, we are and who are you going to compare me like that I am equal to? Nothing. There's nothing you can refer to me that I am. And you really the concept of Echad. Echad. That's also a nivra. It's all nivra. Yeah. The whole concept of Eino Bovado is a nivra. I mean, any concept is a nivra. Exactly. You could also. Yeah, obviously. Correct. Yeah. He's not even a yichud. <coughs> so what does that mean? He's two? No. There's no such thing as quantity by him. Quantity, quality, existence, none of these things exist with him. We don't know what he is then. Because we don't have any concepts to seize what he really is. So, right, so why did Hashem create a concept of Hashem or Kinnah Hashem Mechad? If that's Musa, there isn't such a thing. Meaning we should, we, every day we have Kabbalah, Allah Hashemayim, say Hashem is one, Hashem is unique. These are concepts that are created. Like, it's, it's a what? game. It's a game. Like, it's not a game. That it is not, I mean, what, what does a game mean? You mean does it have any reality? Yeah. Of course it does. Because he makes the reality. It's not a game. A game means that there's no reality. But let me ask something, right? You go to a restaurant, having a great meal. Is that a game or is that a reality? <laughs> by the look at your face, by the fact that you got to pay the bill, that's a reality. That's the biggest riot for you. You got to pay the bill after you finish. Because you, could, you can't walk over to the guy behind the counter and say, excuse me, it's a game here, you know? Yeah, sure, it's a game, sure, yeah. Pay up. It doesn't make a difference if it's real to him, it's real to us. That's all that counts. No, but it's also real. He wants you to do that. That's the whole He's set up in a certain way that we should have that realness. That, that's what we're doing for Echad. You see, he's also in determined reality. Yeah, that's, that's how he, he wants to do the way he's demonic <coughs> debris. All his, all, his, all his attributes, midas, are the way that look. That's why we have to have Echad, we have to have that commandment. 
It's as real as anything you can imagine. Period. You know? That's the that's the that's the incredible thing the Bunshim could do. That the Bunshim creates realities, which is astounding. He creates a reality, and that is real for us. You know. So it's not a game. It's real. You know. Except for him, it's not real. He could have created a reality in this too. Yes. You know, I'll tell you something which is interesting, which you begin to realize. The revolution could have created, let's assume this creation is called a bubble. It's called bubble, it's called the Torah bubble. Because really the the, the, reality, the totality of creation is written in the Torah. So let's call it the Torah bubble, right? But the revolution could have created every million other realities in their own bubbles, so to speak, <coughs> none of them sharing anything with the next bubble. Any idea what that is, even you know? Because God doesn't God doesn't make God creates realities. So one reality, two reality, three. And the power of God is so awesome that he could create a reality. Let's assume he created fifteen different realities. None of them have any kind of duplication in any other reality. They can't even be compared, maybe. No, no, it, what? They, should, they can't even be compared. They can't because what the ideas and objects and th that exist in one reality are not in the next reality. We cannot even conceive of the other reality which maybe, he created. Maybe they can't Let alone to understand the one who makes the realities. How? Maybe he did it, we don't know. What? Maybe, exactly. Uh, which people make mistake. The Torah is not all the acts of God. Not at all. The Bosham can have many things going on in town. And we have lost some of any of this. All we know is within the bubble called Torah, within the bubble called existence, that's the only reality we know. But Torah is not a document that reflects his acts totally, of course not. There could be a million different realities. And in each reality, they're different Jews, they're different whatever they got going there, you know? We would never know. He has never disclosed any of this. It would be interesting, you know, if he would have said, you know, by the way, I got a lot of things going on here. <laughs> you know? Maybe we'll, we'll find out in Olam Haba. You never know. No, Olam Haba has nothing to do with any other reality. Olam Haba is nothing more than reality without any... Uh, imperfections. <laughs> You're stuck here. You're stuck in this bubble. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. This bubble is incredibly large. The physical universe itself is 13.7 billion light years. So 13.7 billion times 6 trillion is the distance of the, the physical universe. Forget about all the alumnus beyond, beyond that. And the incredible thing is God has to be larger than all of them because they're all embedded in the Rebbe Talk about a being that is beyond, you know, you see. So you will never know what else he's doing. Sorry. So, so we'll never lose interest in our reality. A lot of interest in things, I guess. Yeah. No, we'll never no, lose interest. I guess interest. it looks like, you know, I mean, that's all, that's all it is. Yeah. No. Oedem <laughs> Habba is nothing more than a creation which is perfect. That's all it is. You're giving them nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What else did you do? You know, then your wife is going to say, We always want to know what's... Why aren't you sleeping? Well, we can't be Why aren't you sleeping? <laughs> and you say, be... Because I'm trying to figure out what else did God do besides us? 
So I'm just showing you how limited we are. Not only we cannot think of other realities that he created, which could, there could be an infinite number of realities that he created, none of which has any duplicate in this. So how in the world could you possibly understand him? Can't. The maker of all those realities. Of course not. But I always get a kick out of this. You know, when you think about, if you want to think of that realm, you can't think that much in that realm because it's so limited. You know, you know, normally if you look at an artist, right? What does an artist paint? He paints that which he knows from experience. Right? An artist will paint from experience. If an artist doesn't have any experience at all, can he paint? No. 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 He can't paint. An artist simply forms, he's creative in, in what's called, he has to have a database of experiences. He can't create out of that. He doesn't know what to do. <coughs> How can a person create an entire real without any experience whatsoever? It's, it's, what is it without any experience? <laughs> he knows them, he's infinite. That's what it says, ain't sire kill the Exactly, yeah, exactly. Very, very good, it's excellent, you know. Again, you're not getting what I say. Everything we do, right, we don't create anything, we just discover. We see what's there, and based on that, we go further with the discovery. But he can create, he has no problem. Yeah, but the incredible thing is, he has, there's no experience in his mind what to create. Like, he created a human being. Like, where did he get the idea from? He had the experience with humans. It's a nivro that comes instantly then. You better, how do you know? Wow, he created a human that has what? There's a brain, how the brain works, and there's a heart. There's a circulatory system and so on. And then he created plants and flowers and bees and all the kind of... Like, like there's trillions of different things that he created. Each one is different. You know? From what pool of experiences did he get this from? And the answer is, there is no pool at all. It, the Bosham create without any previous experience. Awesome. He doesn't need experiences like we human do. You, you appreciate what I'm still doing here? It's, it's, it's something to think about, how different he is. Like I said, not only create different realities, but where does he get the ideas for these realities? Where did he come up with this stuff? He didn't. Come on. But the tear itself has all the ideas. Who made the tear? Oh, he did. So how did he write all the ideas in the tear in the first place? You know, it's like a human being comes from DNA. It's true. But how did DNA come into being? The motion, you know, DNA has, what is that, three billion pairs? It's awesome. You know, everything, every, every, every cell has a DNA. But a DNA has three billion pairs. Be three different runs, three billion different big runs. What is that? You know, and it's all wound up tightly. They say if you unwound it, it would be six feet. If you unwound the DNA in each cell, it would be six feet long. But don't you squash three billion pairs? It's beyond belief. But like I say, it's incredible. Uh, these, these are all the minor, but you want to talk about God, you know? Why am I doing this? What's the immediate 
thing you could do with this stuff. The next time you say, Baruch Atah Hashem and Shmon just know who you're talking to. That's all. Just know who you are talking to. From our Bible, it's very difficult. No, no, you, you, we don't have an appreciation of who, who the being of God is. It, it, I, I'm trying to give you an appreciation of that. Wait, when we say, Every time it says, It's like, what? Like, God speaking to a guy, Moshe Rabbeinu? I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu is a zero. And in fact, he's a hole in a vacuum. He's not even a zero compared to the Barsham. Yet, the Barsham is speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, you can contemplate that for years. The awesomeness of that. Guys, get it? I'm trying to show you when you think about the Russian what you could think about. Most people don't even want to think about. But no, we're talking about a being that is so far removed, so beyond us, so beyond comprehension. And I'm just trying to give you ideas about that. So the, the, the upshot of all this, as they say, is the next time you down Shmonesve, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, excuse me! You have any idea who you just talked to? I love guys, no? What you doing? You have to laugh! You have to laugh! You hear the upshot? We down there. They're really doing you a favor. What? They're really doing you a favor. Yeah, they're dominant, you know, they're actually talking to God. I mean, you know, he's got to thank God that he talked to them, you know. What are you doing? We we talking to you, you know. We talked. That's the Hasoga. That's why Hasidim Rishonim used to think about the Russian for three hours. What they think about? What they're going to ask him? <laughs> you don't have to think about that. How much money did they make? What? You don't have to think about that. You know it. <laughs> exactly. I think about what they're asking. Let's see. They're going to massage their tightness. Okay, massage with the wish list. You have the wish list? I wish for this, I wish for that. They didn't think about that. They talk about a him who they're about to stand in front of for three hours. The truth is, you can think about it for three hours. See, and these are the ideas. Realities beyond reality. His creativity, his awesomeness, you know. Just the way he created the world is awesome. The world is an awesome place. You've never seen such unbelievable machinery. You know what I'm saying? 300,000 species of beetles. You know, and there are fish that if there are only females in the group, the fish changes its sex to become a male. Like, what in the world is that? It's like, it's, it's like, huh? You know, what is this fish? <coughs> Did it go to school and learn anthropology? That it knows what to do? You know, you know what I'm saying? You, you look at the world, the, the animal world, it's beyond belief. What is out there? You know? It's like a leech. You know? The leech. Put him on you. you know, now what does he do? He's got a chemical, because as soon as he begins drawing the blood, right? The blood's going to clot, and that's the end of the leech. So he has, he has an anticoagulant because he took chemistry 101, right? He knows exactly what to make. So he's got an anticoagulant which he puts and immediately it doesn't allow the blood to clot so he can drink it. Or the mosquito, he sticks his proboscis right in, right? 
But wait a minute, you can't stick that thing in. First of all, how do you get it in? That's number one. Number two, the guy's going to feel it and go like that, and you end the mosquito. So he has an anesthetic. He bought it, you know, he bought it in the medical supply house. It's an anesthetic where you don't even feel what's going on. You don't feel it, and he's also got an anticoagulant. It's unbelievable. This guy draining your blood. You don't feel anything. <laughs> and this is a, it's a, it's a gaunish, gaunish mosquito. You know what I'm saying? You look at the body of mosquitoes, nothing there. Some thin thing, it's like, and this thing is so incredibly complex and chemically astute. And this is one of the hundred million different species that scientists estimate exist on this planet. The estimate is between, well, we now 1.8 million species. Scientists have cataloged 1.8 million species. Not animals, because there are 300,000 species, you know, and so on. There's between 10 and 100 million different species. It's awesome. And each one is different. It can answer all the struggles of life. It has chemicals. It's beyond belief. And the Russian thought about this without any experience in creativity. And he never even took a course in creativity. It's an incredible thing. So the next time you're about to say, Baruch Hu Hashem, stop. If you just for an instant of time and say, who am I about to talk to? In the second person. Because I and you. It's not I about him. It's I and you. That's it. If you do that, this year will have been worth it. You see? Next week, gentlemen.